0: Life is filled with transitions. Every generation faces them. From being the one that is a training ground to being the one that is in a position to execute. You make the leaps through these transitions well, but how we run in the middle matters just as much as how we start or finish. The Bible is full of lessons about how we start. How we finish, and how the baton of leadership is passed to the next generation. No matter your fight, or whatever season you find yourself in, there is always something God can teach us, and He is revealing Himself through it all.
1: 25th anniversary. Yeah. I want to welcome uh, those who are also joining us at our Pendleton campus. Can we say hello to them this morning? How are you over there in Pendleton. All those that are watch online. I know a lot of people watching online or will be catching this later online and welcome to them. And of course, welcome to all of you guys here. So glad that you're here. We are celebrating a monumental day in the life of our church, our 25th anniversary, which is a big milestone, and I am so pumped about that, and um, before we get into that too much, I wanted to kind of recognize some people, and I know between the two services, I don't know who's in which service or who's going to be joining us, but and when we started, uh, it just it's kind of gone by so fast, but we started uh, 25 years ago. as was our first service, but prior to that, we had like this launch group, this core group of people who, who were part of that is 17 uh, people who were helped start the church, and I just wanted to recognize those who are here today. Uh, Some of them uh, do not live in the area anymore. A couple have passed away, but uh, first and foremost, I want to recognize my wife, Liz. If you would stand up. My son, Cole Orham, is in here. I think he's in here today. Cole, thank you. Where is he? I don't know where he's at. My daughter, Kristen Orham, or Stevenson, sorry about that. <laughs> she got married a long time ago, Kristen Stevenson. I don't know if she's in this service or the next service. Uh, Bob and Betty Townsend, where are you guys at? Stand up if you would. Dave and Tammy Gansel, are you guys in this service? There right. they are over there. And I don't know if, if David or Tyler are here, their sons, are they here? Yeah, all right. I can't hardly see it with the lights, but I'm not sure if Tony Revis is here. He was gonna, he lives in a different part of the state, but maybe Tony Revis, and I don't know if uh, others are here. But anyways, I want to recognize all a core group. Thank you all. Thank you guys so much because of your belief and your perseverance and your generosity and your faith in God uh, and uh, taking a risk many years ago, and, and I can't thank you enough. From the bottom of my heart, thank you, all of you. And then I want to also thank all of our amazing staff, both present and past, who are with us today. Uh, They are incredible. I want to thank our trustees. I want to thank all of our great volunteers. And I want to thank everybody that's been a part of Foothills over the last 25 years enjoying the journey at some point. I love all of you from the depths of my heart, and thank you so much for being here. So give everybody a hand right now, all right? And most of all, we want to thank Jesus for showing up every single Sunday. Yes. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's been a wild ride. It seems like yesterday we were having our first service in Seneca High School, and here we are, you know? Uh, look what God has done, and it's been amazing, and God's faithfulness has been there every single day of the last 25 years and will continue, and I am so excited about the next part of the journey. And um, uh, don't forget, we have this huge party, too. That's what we're gonna celebrate. You've noticed the disco ball in the concourse? Like, all right, you know something's up. we got a party at 4 p.m., and this is for our entire community. This is for uh, everybody who has welcomed us with open arms over the last 25 years, our way of saying thank you to the community. There's all kinds of things. You see, it's like a carnival ride. There's gonna be food trucks, and there's gonna be live music, Lawnmower races, so soup up your lawnmower and show back up. Cornhole tournament, and there's going to be fireworks. Pray that it doesn't rain, but hey, it's going to start at 4 p.m. If you have availability, I think we're going to get sign a up around 2 p.m. If you could help out, that would be great. Or if you can't do that, maybe you could stay a little late because we're going to tear it all down because, uh, you know, we got to let everybody take their stuff back. So thank you for everybody. Anyways, that's going to be a lot of fun, but it's also historic in, in today because. Uh, after 25 years of being your lead pastor, uh, after today, I will not be your lead pastor. Pastor Kevin Robinson will be your new lead pastor, and I'm excited about that. We're going to do something special at the end. We're in a series called Pass the Baton for obvious reasons, right? Uh, and we're looking at stories in the Bible where there is a, a transition of leadership from one person to another. And today we're going to look at probably one of the most famous leadership transitions, and that was between Moses and Joshua, and we're going to look at Joshua chapter one, verses one through nine. And I want to give you some context before we start. Uh, in this story, what's gone up to this point is the nation of Israel. From the very beginning, God had made a promise to the um, all of the you know the uh, forefathers of Moses and Joshua, who we're going to be talking about. But He talked to them, and God told them that they would one day enter the promised land, the land of Canaan. He described it as a land flowing with milk and honey. It was just a great land that God would provide for them. Um, and, of course, the nation of Israel, which were God's people, have, had been through a lot. But eventually, they ended up in, in slavery as slaves to the Egyptians for 400 years. And God was going to deliver them. And so he raised up a leader by the name of Moses. And he said, Moses, I want you to lead my people out of their bondage and into the promised land and so Moses gathered the people and God performed miracles parting the red sea and off they went and they eventually got to the banks of the Jordan River and the other side of the Jordan River was the promised land and before they went in Moses said hey um we're going to we're going to send in some spies to check out the land and bring a report back and so he sent 12 uh, spies one from each of the 12 tribes of Israel went into the promised land, and then they were there for a little bit, and they came back, and they gave the reports. All 12 agreed that it was great land, and it was certainly a very prosperous land, a land flowing with milk and honey, but 10 of them said, but even though that may be the case, let's play it safe. Let's stay over here on this side of the Jordan River. We're not going to be able to attain that land because we went over there. There are some giants over there, Their military is is greater than ours, their cities are fortified, and it would be extremely dangerous to put ourselves at risk. Let's stay over here. But two of the spies, Caleb and Joshua, one of the guys we're going to be talking about today, Joshua, they came back and said, hey, let's go take the land. God has promised it for us, but the majority sided with the 10 spies who said, let's not do it. And God was angry, and God said, okay, if that's the way it's going to be, then everybody over 20 years old that registered for that census is not going into the promised land because of your unbelief. The entire generation is going to die off in the wilderness and you'll never set foot in it. And so that's what happens for the next 40 years. They wander around in the wilderness till all of them die off. And eventually now they end up back again where they started from at the, at the, at the bank of the Jordan River. The promised land is on the other side. Now that entire generation is gone. They've died in the wilderness. The only two older people, the, re, the people who are younger are all, of course, now 40 years older, but the only two surviving is Joshua and Caleb. Moses is still alive at this point, but he's going, not going to make it into the promised land for some disobedience on his part. And so God takes Moses up to the mountain, and God says, Moses, I want you to look over there. There's the promised land. I wanted you to see it, but you're never going to step foot in it. You know why. You're know you, you, you you're not going to get there. And Moses dies. God buries him. And then Joshua is going to become the leader. And Moses had been training Joshua over the last 40 years. It was a quite a long mentorship. But now God is going to give Joshua a charge or a challenge as they're entering into the promised land so that they could be successful when they get over there. And that's found in Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. And I want to read that. And it says this, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead the people, these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you'll be on land I have given you, from the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, and the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you nor- or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors. I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from these turning either to the right or to the left. Then you'll be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Uh, Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, this scripture and this message um, is gonna be applicable to everybody in the room, at some point in their life, you're going to transition to some sort of leadership position that you don't have now, maybe be a parent or work or in a relationship or somewhere. And so I'm hoping that we all will get something out of it. But, but also because of this occasion, I want to specifically speak to Pastor Kevin and also, of course, Katie as well as his, as his wife and support system. Because I believe that the charge that Moses gave to Joshua is is the charge, or that God gave to Joshua, is the same charge that I would give you, Kevin, as you get ready to take this new reign of leadership as the baton is passed today. So I want to, I I pulled three things out of this, and we're going to move very quickly today because we've got some things we want to do, some special things here at the end. So I'm going to move very quickly. But Kevin, the first charge I want to give you is to remind you that God will be with you. God will be with you. Now, all of these three things I'm going to share with you and everybody, we all know. This is just a more of a reminder as you get ready to take the baton, that God will be with you. Joshua 1.5 says, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. You know, Jesus told us basically the same thing. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that is a great comfort for all of us, right? That, that, to know that it, no matter what's going on, no matter how good the days are or bad the days are, that that he will be with us, that we will never leave us. And Kevin, that's gonna be true for you. Over the last 25 years, I have seen this play out over and over again, this reminder that God is with us. 25 years uh, seems like a long time. It goes by fast. And I'll tell you, um, it's been a great 25 years. It's been an amazing 25 years. I could not have written a script better than God wrote the script for my life. And I know I speak for my wife when I say this that there would be, there is nothing we would have rather done over the last 25 years than to do exactly what God called us to do. And it has been a blast. But um, there's been so many things in that 25 years. I've thought about all of the, all of the things and Now think of the life change because that's really what it's all about at the end of the day. How many people have been saved? Thousands of people have been saved. We've baptized over 2,500 people in 25 years. Is that amazing or what? And if you do the math, that's like 3% of our entire county. And I'm praying for the day that we see 10%, Kevin, that we reach more and more people than we ever have that need Jesus. I think of all of the parent-child dedications and all those kids. I think of all of the trunk or treats and pictures with Santa and other outreach events that we've done. I think about mission trips. I think about um, just the people that have come in over the period of time and seen their lives literally changed by the gospel message. It's been a great ride, but that doesn't mean it's always been easy. There's times that it's a little tough. Um, it reminds me of the story about the mother who tried to wake up, who was going to wake up her son on Sunday morning to go to church. And so she went into his room and woke him up. She says, get up. It's, you're going to be late for church. And he said, I'm not going to go. She said, well, you're not going to go? What do you mean you're not going to go? She, he said, I'm going to give you two reasons. Number one, they don't like me. And number two, I don't like them. And she said, well, let me give you two reasons why you are going to get up and go to church. Number one, you're 50 years old. And number two... <laughs> You're the pastor. You got to go. And I can honestly tell you I have never felt that way in 25 years. There's not, there's not been. I've never felt that way. I have looked forward to every Sunday, the best hour of the week we've called it, and I mean that, you know, it is, I've looked forward to every Sunday that we've ever had. And when we're gone, when we're out of town, I miss it so bad. There's nothing like being in the house with our church family it's just it's just different it's just wonderful but again this challenging you know 25 years we've also walked through some difficult times we had to you know we had just moved into this building in august of 2008 if you if you know the history you know that was the height of the economic crash um, and the recession we went through that was difficult we we've all gone through covid season together right we we shared that we went through a tornado we've we've, we've gone through Some highs and some lows because that's life, right? And every one of those challenges have made us a stronger church and has galvanized us as family. I think it's made me a better leader. Kevin, there's going to be days where you're probably going to wonder, what in the world was I thinking? (laughs) Why did I take that job? (laughs) Maybe I can find a new career because there's been times where I wanted to quit. There's been times where I, I questioned my sanity for sticking around. Because it's, you take some lumps, man, you're, you're gonna, it, it, you know, the pain associated with leadership is just the way that it is. But it wouldn't change it for the world. You know, as I think about this story we looked at with Moses and Joshua, you know, Moses had been mentoring him for 40 years. And I know during that time, there was probably some times that Moses sat down with Joshua and says, hey, let me just just give you some best practices when it comes to leadership. But his best mentoring was not those times. It was just getting a close-up front row seat in the life of Moses as Joshua got to be there in those great moments of history. It was Joshua who was there when Moses, when God called Moses to go up on the mountain to get the Ten Commandments, Joshua accompanied him on part of that trip up the mountain. Joshua was there guarding the tent of meeting when Moses went in and met with God face to face and came out with his face glowing. Joshua was there. Kevin, there are going to be times when it's, man, you're going to be, it's clicking and everything is good and you've got momentum and there's energy and people being saved and and it's just like, wow, this is the best thing ever. But there are going to be times Where it's struggle, man. You just feel like you've got no momentum. Like, what's going on here? God will be with you. Second part of the charge I want to give you is to be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Joshua is about to enter the promised land. I mean, this has been promised to the forefathers forever. And he's the one that's privileged that's going to take them into the promised land and i want to remind you that jo- this is joshua like this is joshua one of the 12 spies one of the two that came back and said i know they're big i know the cities are fortified i know they're militarily stronger than we are but we've got god on our side we can take the land that was that was joshua he was a valiant warrior he was a he was a courageous guy and yet three times in the 9 verses we read we see that god says something kind of interesting to joshua in joshua 1:6 this is one of the times be strong and courageous for you are the one to lead these people to possess all the land i swore to their ancestors i would give them three different times god says be strong and courageous in those 9 verses you know why because he was scared to death not because he was weak, because he wasn't weak. It was just he felt the weight of the moment. This was the, this was the crescendo to what God was doing that he was being invited into, that he was not equipped to do, that, to be the number one guy leading the nation of Israel into the promised land. And Kevin, you're a strong leader. You're a courageous leader. You're a man of God, but you're human. And as a human being, you probably got a little bit of fear and trepidation as you walk into this moment and thinking, man, I don't want to screw this up. Like they got 25 years of history and I don't don't want to be that guy. Be strong and courageous because God is with you and God will lead you. And in those moments where you're like thinking, oh, man, tighten the belt a little bit, let the Holy Spirit work through you and be strong and courageous, the third challenge I want to give you is to study, preach, and live God's word. I don't know why we put this piano here. I can't see you, Kevin. I got to keep walking way over here to see him. (laughs) Study, preach, and live God's word, Kevin. Kevin. You do this already, man. You are in God's word every day. And I am always, when you share insights from God's word, I'm like, wow, it's awesome. It's interesting when you see what happened is the nation of Israel is there. You know, They're getting ready to go into the promised land. But it's interesting that God doesn't give them a map of where to go. He gives them instructions on what to do. And that's, this is why it's so important. In Joshua 1.9, he says, Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate them f- from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Kevin, study the word of God, as if your life depends on it, because it does. Preach the gospel without apology or compromise that that we are sinners, hopelessly lost, without Jesus and Jesus alone. Live out those words as a constant example for the flock that God's gonna allow you to be the under-shepherd of. So that one day, Kevin, as you live that out, that one day, 25 years from now, you will stand on the stage and you will pass the baton to the next person or 30 years or whatever God gives you, whatever that season is, and you will pass the baton because you've lived a life of integrity, not perfect, but with integrity, and you, you've just run the race and you've finished well. Because there will come that day. Your first ministry, of course, is to Katie and the kids. And then your ministry to your church family. Make sure that priority always stays there. I know it is for you. Make sure that you keep that same sense of Luke chapter 15, where Jesus talked about chasing after the one. He talked about the hundred sheep and one got lost would always look for the one, always seek the one, always help people find and follow Jesus. Don't shy away from the broken and the hurting and the lost and the people who are the kind of the outcast, run after them for the sake of the gospel. Kevin's God is gonna use you and take this further than I could have ever taken it. I believe in you, I believe you're God's man. I believe God has anointed you for this moment I believe God's appointed you for this position, and I'm honored. And I'm honored to know you. And I'm honored that you're going to be our next lead pastor. But I'm going to ask my wife Liz to come up now. And as she's coming up, there's a microphone right on that little table, Liz. As she's coming up, I want to make this. I want to make this so clear that nobody misses this. Without this lady right here. This church does not exist. (laughs) Liz, I know you probably want to say some things. She has invested in your kids so well. Yeah, yeah. And she has.
2: We're not done. How do you turn this on? It should be on. Okay, here's what I have to say. We are not
1: done. That's right. We're not done.
2: (laughs) What an honor it's been over the last 25 years. You know, our grandson sent us, he loves to do art, and he sent us a a picture yesterday that just, I cried everything, sorry. And it said, 25 years of telling people about Jesus. And I'm just like, he gets it he's eight, 25 years. What he doesn't know is it's a lifetime, yeah. but he recognizes that God has used this church in the last 25 years to do what he wants us to do, and that's to tell people about Jesus.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now, Liz and I are going are to kind of meet Kevin. I want Kevin and Kate. we're going to meet them down here and... Um, Guys, I would, I would love for anybody that could—I'm about to trip on his wire. Sorry about that. Well, about anybody that could, if if wants to make their way up here, because we're going to pray over Kevin. He got his mom and dad are coming up here. Anybody that just kind of make your way up, just we're just we're going to. This is a holy moment. This is a moment. I want everybody to be a part of this thing. So just come on. If you, if you can't get up here, or you can't get out. Just you just in, as an attitude of pray, pray over these guys. We're going to lay hands on Kevin and Katie. And we're going to uh, pray over them. And I'm going to ask Liz to pray over Katie, and then I'm going to pray over Kevin, and we're going to pass the baton over. So if you let me give time for people to come.
2: we come to you right now in this very holy moment and I lift up Katie Robinson to you. This woman loves you, Jesus. It exudes from everything that she does. I pray that her love for you would continue to grow each and every moment of each and every day. And that when people are around her that contagious love that she carries would just spill over out on them. And they couldn't help but say, I want to know your Jesus. Father, would you bless her, God? Would you continue to use her to be a blessing to others? Father, thank you for the awesome wife she is and the support that she is to Kevin. Thank you, Father, for what she means to me in my life personally. Thank you for the awesome mama she is to her babies. God bless her. In your name I pray.
1: Lord God, I want to pray over Kevin now. But I want to say thank you, God, for allowing me over the last 25 years to be in this position. There's not a pastor in the world that wouldn't have changed places if he could with me to serve alongside of such a great church. What a privilege it is. And God, I know that Kevin feels that way now as he gets ready to get the maton of leadership. God, there is so much ahead, so many good days, so many people's lives are gonna be changed and impacted because of the ministry that you're giving him. And I pray, God, that you take it further than it's ever been. Lord, that you would help Kevin in those moments when he feels alone, those moments when he feels discouraged, those moments when he feels like quitting. I pray, God, that you would meet him there. That you would remind him of the call in his life. And God, that you would just fill him with your Holy Spirit. Give him wisdom beyond his years. Lord, help him to be discerning in his leadership. Help him to remain humble. God, open up doors of opportunity. Help him find favor in this community. Give him large vision, God, of f- taking this ministry even further. God, anoint him overflowing with the Holy Spirit because he can't do this on his own strength. God, what a blessing it is that you brought this man into our life. Thank you for Kevin and Katie, the girls. And the impact they've already had in what they're going to have in the years ahead. God, that one day Kevin would be able to pass the baton to a person. He might, it may be, as Kevin reminded me this past week, that he was eight years old when we started this church. (laughs) It made me feel old, but it also reminded me the Lord, one day Kevin may be passing the baton of someone over in our planet, kids, right now. God, let them realize the, just the potential in every person that he locks eyes with. Help them to remain hungry for the word of God. Help them to have a heart that says, I want to reach those who are unreachable. God, prepare him. Thank you for him. In the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Yes. Kevin. Yes.
3: Now,
0: Kevin,
1: Kevin has some words for us, so if we make our Way back, Kevin's going to kind of share for the first time is our new lead pastor, Kevin Robinson.
0: Personally, just want to tell Greg and Liz how grateful I am for your obedience and your faithfulness. Twelve years ago, I walked into a church. I walked into foothills broken. I was hurting. I was lonely. I was in need of a Savior. And I walked in the foothills with open arms, found Jesus, found community. And, I mean, I feel like like I'm just one story of so many and so many to come of the impact that your faithfulness and obedience to Jesus has been. And because of that, my life is filled with hope. I have purpose, I have meaning, and I have an abundant life that I would have never had otherwise. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Yeah. Thank you.
3: Yeah. It's a good ugly cry today. Y'all.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Almost it was just over 12 years ago that I walked into this church as well and I might not have been ugly crying on the outside, but on the inside, I was still trying to figure out who I was, and I had a great Christian home, great foundation with God, and and I had enough musical talent that, that this church took a risk on me and put me in a leadership position before I even knew what it really meant to follow Jesus, and this church, Pastor Greg, Liz, your commitment, your commitment to the Great Commission to helping people find and follow Jesus, to not forgetting the lost, the broken, the lonely, the hurting, the people stuck in addiction, the people that are complacent, the people that are longing for the only hope that they can find, which is in Jesus. It's the only place that they can find the fulfillment of the hope that their heart is looking for. You stayed committed to that and you taught me what it meant to turn my life into a mission to help others find and follow Jesus. And so today is the culmination of that, and it's not about this role. It's about just continuing the Great Commission and whatever assignment God has for us. I get asked two questions (laughs) all the time this year leading up to this. I've asked two questions all the time. Number one, what is happening to Pastor Greg? (laughs) I've
0: gotten
3: it (laughs) to He's not that old, y'all. He's (laughs) not that
0: old.
3: No, I am so grateful. I I we we recorded a podcast that'll go out this week to give a little bit more detail to that. But I I, I said one of the things I said in that was if God had ever called Katie and I to plant a church, the first person I would want on speed dial is Pastor Greg Orham. And not only do I have that, but I get to continue working with him and he gets to continue to use his expertise in a new assignment. He's gonna continue preaching as a part of our teaching team. And so I'm so blessed that we get to continue running this race together into this next season. And yeah, yeah. The, the second question I get, what's your vision for the church? What's your vision for the church? And I, I want an opportunity to share that with you today. And I want to do something a little different and invite you to do this, even in our, our Pendleton campus right now, if you're in Pendleton. I want to invite you to just close your eyes for a moment. Pendleton as well. Just close, close your eyes. And I want you to think for a moment about someone in your life that fits the category. Pastor Greg just talked about that one sheep that's lost, broken, hurting, lonely, stuck in addiction. That one person in your life, maybe it's somebody you've been praying for for a long time. Maybe it's somebody that you've been hoping will find hope in Jesus for a long time. It might be a friend. It might be a family member, a coworker, a son or a daughter, a sibling, a parent. I want you to bring that one person to mind right now. What I want you to know is that the reason this church exists is for us to go after every single one of those people that are on your heart and on your mind right now. We exist still today and will continue to exist to help that person find and follow Jesus. And we'll do it for as many people as God trusts to bring into these doors. And we'll do it for as many years as God gives us breath in our lungs to go out and tell them the best news there is, that there's a savior who loves them that died for them. And so what I wanna do today is I just wanna pray for that person that's on your heart and mind. I wanna invite you to pray with me for that person that is on your heart and mind. God, we love you and we are so grateful for Foothills Church. We are so grateful for the mission that you set this group of 17 out on. We thank you for the leadership of Pastor Greg and Liz to lead this movement. But God, we thank you We thank you that all they had to do was grab a playbook that you've written for our next generation as well. It's right here in your word. The mission is just our great commission, Lord, to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to continue to help people find and follow Jesus. But right now, what I pray for, I pray for the names that are on every single person's mind right now and on every single person's heart. Lord, these are names that are on your heart. And Jesus, we, we find in your scriptures that you are interceding on our behalf right now. So you are praying for these names as well. So we're just coming in agreement with you right now to pray, Jesus, would you use us to be a light that shows your love for that individual so that that son or daughter, that friend of ours Lord, that coworker, that they would just ask questions and we could point them to your truth. Lord, I pray if they're in this community that you would draw them to foothills. I pray if they're in another community that you would draw them to a church who's going to preach Jesus. And we pray for salvation. We pray for revival in their hearts. If they once knew you and have run away, we pray that you would draw them to your hope and your love, and God, use us to play a part in that. Thank you for using us to play a part in that. And the second thing I wanna do, if you're here in the room, and you've not given your life to Jesus, today is not about Pastor Greg and Liz, it's not about me or Katie. This all exists because Jesus is crazy about you. He loved you enough to come here to earth to live the life you couldn't live and then take the punishment that you deserved. He died on the cross for you and God raised him from the dead and he offers you the free gift of salvation today. All of this is here today because Jesus is pursuing your heart and he's just waiting for you to surrender and say, I receive you, Jesus. And so if you wanna make Jesus your Lord today, you can pray a prayer simply with me right now, just like this. Jesus... I'm done being in control of my life. I'm done trying to save myself. I recognize that I'm a sinner in need of a savior and I believe that you are the savior. Today, I ask you to save me from my sins and I commit to follow you to the best of my ability from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thanks for joining us at our Foothills Church podcast. We exist to help people find and follow Jesus. If you're new here, we'd love to connect with you at foothills.cc. We hope you enjoy this message.
1: So glad that you're here. We are celebrating a monumental day in the life of our church, our 25th anniversary, which is a big milestone, and I am so pumped about that. And um, before we get into that too much, I wanted to kind of recognize some people. And I know between the two services, I don't know who's in which service or who's going to be joining us. But and when we started, uh, it just it's kind of gone by so fast. But we started uh, 25 years ago. as was our first service. But prior to that, we had like this launch group, this core group of people who, who were part of that is 17 uh, people who were help start the church, and I just wanted to recognize those who are here today. Uh, Some of them uh, do not live in the area anymore. A couple have passed away, but uh, first and foremost, I want to recognize my wife, Liz. If you would stand up. My son, Cole Orham, is in here. I think he's in here today. Cole, thank you. Where is he? I don't know where he's at. My daughter, Kristen Orham, or Stevenson, sorry about that. <laughs> she got married a long time ago, Kristen Stevenson. I don't know if she's in this service or the next service. Uh, Bob and Betty Townsend, where are you guys at? Stand up if you would. Dave and Tammy Gansel, Are you guys in this service? There they are over there. And I don't know if, if David or Tyler are here, Their sons, are they here? Yeah, all right. I can't hardly see it with the lights, but I'm not sure if Tony Revis is here. He was going to lives in a different part of the state, but anyway, Tony Revis, and I don't know if uh, others are here. But anyways, I want to recognize all a core group. Thank you all. Thank you guys so much because of your belief and your perseverance and your generosity and your faith in God uh, and uh, taking a risk many years ago. and, and I can't thank you enough. From the bottom of my heart, thank you, all of you. And then I want to also thank all of our amazing staff, both present and past, who are with us today. Uh, They are incredible. I want to thank our trustees. I want to thank all of our great volunteers. And I want to thank everybody that's been a part of Foothills over the last 25 years enjoying the journey at some point. I love all of you from the depths of my heart, and thank you so much for being here. So give everybody a hand right now, all right? and most of all we want to thank Jesus for showing up every single Sunday. Yeah. So it's it's uh it's, it's been a wild ride. It seems like yesterday we were having our first service in Seneca High School and here we are, you know, uh, look what God has done and it's been amazing and God's faithfulness has been there every single day of the last 25 years and will continue and I am so excited about the next part of the journey and um, uh, don't forget we have this huge party, too. That's what we're going to celebrate. You've noticed the disco ball in the concourse? Like, all right, you know something's up. We got a party at 4 p.m., and this is for our entire community. This is for uh, everybody who has welcomed us with open arms over the last 25 years. Our way of saying thank you to the community. There's all kinds of things. You see, it's like a carnival ride, there's going to be food trucks, and there's going to be live music. Lawnmower races, so soup up your lawnmower. Show back up, cornhole tournament, and there's going to be fireworks. Pray that it doesn't rain, but hey, it's going to start at 4 p.m. If you have availability, I think we're going to get sign a set up around 2 p.m. If you could help, that would be great. Or if you can't do that, maybe you could stay a little late because we are going to tear it all down because uh, you know we got to let everybody take their stuff back. So thank you for everybody. Anyways, that's going to be a lot of fun, but it's also historic in in today because. Uh, after 25 years of being your lead pastor, uh, after today, I will not be your lead pastor. Pastor Kevin Robinson will be your new lead pastor, and I'm excited about that. We're going to do something special at the end. We're in a series called Pass the Baton for obvious reasons, right? Uh, and we're looking at stories in the Bible where there is a, a transition of leadership from one person to another. And today we're going to look at probably one of the most famous leadership transitions, and that was between Moses and Joshua. And we're going to look at Joshua chapter one, verses one through nine. And I want to give you some context before we start. Uh, in this story, what's gone up to this point is the nation of Israel from the very beginning, God had made a promise to the, um, all of the, you know, the uh, forefathers of Moses and Joshua who we're going to be talking about. But he talked to them and God told them that they would one day enter the promised land, the land of Canaan, he described it as a land flowing with milk and honey. It was just a great land that God would provide for them. Um, and, of course, the nation of Israel, which were God's people, have, had been through a lot. But eventually, they ended up in, in slavery as slaves to the Egyptians for 400 years. And God was going to deliver them. And so he raised up a leader by the name of Moses. And he said, Moses, I want you to lead my people out of their bondage and into the Promised Land, and so Moses gathered the people, and God performed miracles, parting the Red Sea, and off they went. And they eventually got to the banks of the Jordan River, and the other side of the Jordan River was the Promised Land. And before they went in, Moses said, "Hey, um, we're gonna we're gonna send in some spies to check out the land and bring a report back." And so he sent twelve uh, spies, one from each of the twelve tribes of Israel, went into the Promised Land, and then they were there for a little bit, and they came back and they gave the reports. All 12 agreed that it was great land, and it was certainly a very prosperous land, a land flowing with milk and honey. But 10 of them said, but even though that may be the case, let's play it safe. Let's stay over here on this side of the Jordan River. We're not going to be able to attain that land because we went over there. There are some giants over there. Their military is is greater than ours. Their cities are fortified, and it would be extremely dangerous to put ourselves at risk. Let's stay over here. But two of the spies, Caleb and Joshua, one of the guys we're going to be talking about today, Joshua, they came back and said, hey, let's go take the land. God has promised it for us, but the majority sided with the 10 spies who said, let's not do it, and God was angry, and God said, okay, if that's the way it's going to be, then everybody over 20 years old that registered for that census is not going into the promised land because of your unbelief. The entire generation is going to die off in the wilderness and you'll never set foot in it. And so that's what happens for the next 40 years. They wander around in the wilderness till all of them die off. And eventually now they end up back again where they started from at the, at the, at the bank of the Jordan River. The promised land is on the other side. Now that entire generation is gone. They've died in the wilderness. The only two older people, the, re, the people who are younger are all, of course, now 40 years older, but the only two surviving is Joshua and Caleb. Moses is still alive at this point, but he's going, not going to make it into the promised land for some disobedience on his part. And so God takes Moses up to the mountain and God says, Moses, I want you to look over there. There's the promised land. I wanted you to see it, but you're never going to step foot in it. You know why. You're know you, you, you you're not going to get there. And Moses dies. God buries him. And then Joshua is going to become the leader. And Moses had been training Joshua over the last 40 years. It was a quite a long mentorship. But now God is going to give Joshua a charge or a challenge as they're entering into the promised land so that they could be successful when they get over there. And that's found in Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. And I want to read that. And it says this, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead the people, these people, the Israelites across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you'll be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, and the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you nor- or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors. I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from these turning either to the right or to the left, then you'll be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Uh, Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, this scripture and this message um, is gonna be, applicable to everybody in the room, at some point in their life, you're going to transition to some sort of leadership position that you don't have now, maybe be a parent or work or in a relationship or somewhere. And so I'm hoping that we all will get something out of it. But, but also because of this occasion, I want to specifically speak to Pastor Kevin and also, of course, Katie as well as his, as his wife and support system. Because I believe that the charge that Moses gave to Joshua is, is the charge, or that God gave to Joshua is the same charge that I would give you, Kevin, as you get ready to take this new reign of leadership as the baton is passed today. And so I want to, I, I, I pulled three things out of this and we're going to move very quickly today because we've got some things we want to do, some special things here at the end. So I'm going to move very quickly. But Kevin, the first charge I want to give you is to remind you that God will be with you. God will be with you. Now, all of these three things I'm going to share with you and everybody, we all know. This is just more of a reminder as you get ready to take the baton that God will be with you. Joshua 1.5 says, No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. You know, Jesus told us basically the same thing. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that is a great comfort for all of us, right? That, that, to know that it, no matter what's going on, no matter how good the days are or bad the days are, that that he will be with us, that we will never leave us. And Kevin, that's gonna be true for you. Over the last 25 years, I have seen this play out over and over again, this reminder that God is with us. 25 years uh, seems like a long time. It goes by fast. And I'll tell you, um, it's been a great 25 years. It's been an amazing 25 years. I could not have written a script better than God wrote the script for my life. And I know I speak for my wife when I say this that there would be, there is nothing we would have rather done over the last 25 years than to do exactly what God called us to do. And it has been a blast. But um, there's been so many things in that 25 years. I've thought about all of the, all the things and Now, think of the life change because that's really what it's all about at the end of the day. How many people have been saved? Thousands of people have been saved. We've baptized over 2,500 people in 25 years. Is that amazing or what? And if you do the math, that's like 3% of our entire county. And I'm praying for the day that we see 10%, Kevin, that we reach more and more people than we ever have that need Jesus. I think of all of the... parent-child dedications and all those kids. I think of all of the trunk or treats and pictures with Santa and other outreach events that we've done. I think about mission trips. I think about um, just the people that have come in over the period of time and seen their lives literally changed by the gospel message. It's been a great ride, but that doesn't mean it's always been easy. There's times that it's a little tough. Um, It reminds me of the story about the mother who tried to wake up, or was going to wake up her son on Sunday morning to go to church. And so she went into his room and woke him up. She says, get up. You're going to be late for church. And he said, I'm not going to go. She said, you're not going to go? What do you mean you're not going to go? He said, I'm going to give you two reasons. Number one, they don't like me. And number two, I don't like them. And she said, well, let me give you two reasons why you are going to get up and go to church. Number one, you're 50 years old. And number two... (laughs) You're the pastor. You got to go. And I can honestly tell you I have never felt that way in 25 years. There's not, there's not been. I've never felt that way. I have looked forward to every Sunday, the best hour of the week we've called it, and I mean that, you know, it is, I've looked forward to every Sunday that we've ever had. And when we're gone, when we're out of town, I miss it so bad. There's nothing like being in the house with our church family it's just it's just different it's just wonderful but again this challenging you know 25 years we've also walked through some difficult times we had to you know we had just moved into this building in August of 2008 if you if you know the history you know that was the height of the economic crash um, and the recession we went through that was difficult we we've all gone through covid season together right we we shared that we went through a tornado we've we've, we've gone through some highs and some lows because that's life, right? And every one of those challenges have made us a stronger church and has galvanized us as family. I think it's made me a better leader. Kevin, there's going to be days where you're probably going to wonder, what in the world was I thinking? <laughs> Why did I take that job? <laughs> Maybe I could find a new career because there's been times where I wanted to quit. There's been times where I, I questioned my sanity for sticking around. Because it's, you take some lumps, man, you're, you're gonna, it, it, you know, just, the pain associated with leadership is just the way that it is. But it wouldn't change it for the world. You know, as I think about this story we looked at with Moses and Joshua, you know, Moses has been mentoring him for 40 years. And I know during that time, there was probably some times that Moses sat down with Joshua and says, hey, let me, just, let me just give you some best practices when it comes to leadership. But his best mentoring was not those times. It was just getting a close-up front row seat in the life of Moses as Joshua got to be there in those great moments of history. It was Joshua who was there when Moses, when God called Moses to go up on the mountain to get the 10 commandments, Joshua accompanied him on part of that trip. Up the mountain. Joshua was there guarding the tent of meeting when Moses went in and met with God face to face and came out with his face glowing. Joshua was there. Kevin, there are gonna be times when it's man, you're gonna be it's clicking, and everything is good, and you've got momentum, and there's energy, and people being saved, and and it's just like wow, this is the best thing ever. But there are gonna be times. Where it's struggle, man. You just feel like you've got no momentum. Like, what's going on here? God will be with you. Second part of the charge I want to give you is to be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Joshua is about to enter the promised land. I mean, this has been promised to the forefathers forever. And he's the one that's privileged that's going to take them into the promised land. And I want to remind you that jo- this is Joshua. Like, this is Joshua, one of the 12 spies, one of the two that came back and said, I know they're big, I know the cities are fortified, I know they're militarily stronger than we are, but we've got God on our side, we can take the land. That was that was Joshua. He was a valiant warrior. He was a, he was a courageous guy, and yet, Three times in the nine verses we read, we see that God says something kind of interesting to Joshua. In Joshua 1, 6, this is one of the times. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one to lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Three different times, God says be strong and courageous in those nine verses. You know why? Because he was scared to death. Not because he was weak, because he wasn't weak. It was just he felt the weight of the moment. This was the the crescendo to what God was doing that he was being invited into, that he was not equipped to do, to, to be the number one guy leading the nation of Israel into the promised land. And Kevin, you're a strong leader. You're a courageous leader. You're a man of God, but you're human. And as a human being, you probably got a little bit of fear and trepidation as you walk into this moment and thinking, man, I don't want to screw this up. Like they got 25 years of history and I don't want to, I don't want to do, be that guy. Be strong and courageous because God is with you and God will lead you. And in those moments where you're like thinking, oh, man, tighten the belt a little bit, let the Holy Spirit work through you and be strong and courageous, the third challenge I want to give you is to study, preach, and live God's word. I don't know why we put this piano here. I can't see you, Kevin. I got to keep walking way over here to see him. (laughs) Study, preach, and live God's word, Kevin. You do this already, man. You are in God's word every day. And I am always, when you share insights from God's word, I'm like, wow, it's awesome. It's interesting when you see what happened is the nation of Israel is there. You know, they're getting ready to go into the promised land. But it's interesting that God doesn't give them a map of where to go. He gives them instructions of what to do. And this is why it's so important. In Joshua 1.9, he says, be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate them from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Kevin, study the word of God, as if your life depends on it, because it does. Preach the gospel without apology or compromise that that we are sinners, hopelessly lost, without Jesus and Jesus alone. Live out those words as a constant example for the flock that God's going to allow you to be the under-shepherd of. So that one day, Kevin, as you live that out, that one day, 25 years from now, you will stand on the stage and you will pass the baton to the next person or 30 years or whatever God gives you, whatever that season is, and you will pass the baton because you've lived a life of integrity, not perfect, but with integrity, and you, you've just run the race and you've finished well. Because there will come that day. Your first ministry, of course, is to Katie and the kids. And then your ministry to your church family. Make sure that priority always stays there. I know it is for you. Make sure that you keep that same sense of Luke chapter 15, where Jesus talked about chasing after the one. He talked about the hundred sheep and one got lost. He would always look for the one, always seek the one, always help people find and follow Jesus. Don't shy away from the broken and the hurting and the lost and the people who are the, kind of the outcast, run after them for the sake of the gospel. Kevin's God is gonna use you and take this further than I could have ever taken it. I believe in you, I believe you're God's man. I believe God has anointed you for this moment. I believe God's appointed you for this position. And I'm honored and I'm honored to know you and I'm honored that you're going to be our next lead pastor. but I'm gonna ask my wife Liz to come up now. And as she's coming up, there's a microphone right on that little table Liz as she's coming up, I want to make this I want to make this so clear that nobody misses this. without this lady right here, This church does not exist. Liz, I know you probably want to say some things. She has invested in your kids so well. Yeah, yeah. And she has.
2: We're not done. How do you turn this on? It should be on. Okay, here's what I have to say. We are not
1: done. That's right. We're not done.
2: What an honor it's been over the last 25 years. You know, our grandson sent us, he loves to do art, and he sent us a a picture yesterday that just, I cried everything, sorry. And it said, 25 years of telling people about Jesus. And I'm just like, he gets it. He's eight, 25 years. What he doesn't know is it's a lifetime. Yeah. But he recognizes that God has used this church in the last 25 years to do what He wants us to do, and that's to tell
1: people about Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, now, Liz and I are gonna are gonna kind of meet Kevin. I want Kevin and Kate. We're gonna meet them down here, and. Um, Guys, I would, I would love for anybody that could. I'm about to trip on his wire. Sorry about that. Well, about anybody that could, if if wants to make their way up here, because we're going to pray over Kevin. He got his mom and dad are coming up here. Anybody that just kind of make your way up. Just we're just we're going to. This is a holy moment. This is a moment. I want everybody to be a part of this thing. So just come on. If you, if you can't get up here, or you can't get out. Just you just in, as an attitude of pray, pray over these guys. We're going to lay hands on Kevin and Katie. And we're going to uh, pray over them. And I'm going to ask Liz to pray over Katie, and then I'm going to pray over Kevin, and we're going to pass the baton over. So if you let me give give time for people to come.
2: we come to you right now in this very holy moment and I lift up Katie Robinson to you. This woman loves you, Jesus. It exudes from everything that she does. I pray that her love for you would continue to grow each and every moment of each and every day. And that when people are around her that contagious love that she carries would just spill over out on them. Yes, and they couldn't help but say, I want to know your Jesus. That's right. That's right. Father, would you bless her, God? Would you continue to use her to be a blessing to others? Father, thank you for the awesome wife she is and the support that she is to Kevin. Thank you, Father, for what she means to me in my life personally. Thank you for the awesome mama she is to her babies. God bless her. In your name I pray.
1: Lord God, I want to pray over Kevin now. But I want to say thank you, God, for allowing me over the last 25 years to be in this position. There's not a pastor in the world that wouldn't have changed places if he could with me to serve alongside of such a great church. What a privilege it is. And God, I know that Kevin feels that way now as he gets ready to get the maton of leadership. God, there is so much ahead, so many good days, so many people's lives are gonna be changed and impacted because of the ministry that you're giving him. And I pray, God, that you take it further than it's ever been, Lord, that you would help Kevin in those moments when he feels alone, those moments when he feels discouraged, those moments when he feels like quitting. I pray, God, that you would meet him there, that you would remind him of the call in his life, and God, that you would just fill him with your Holy Spirit, give him wisdom beyond his years. Lord, help him to be discerning in his leadership, help him to remain humble. God, open up doors of opportunity. Help him find favor in this community. Give him large vision, God, of taking this ministry even further. God, anoint him overflowing with the Holy Spirit because he can't do this on his own strength. God, what a blessing it is that you brought this man into our life. Thank you for Kevin and Katie, the girls and the impact they've already had in what they're going to have in the years ahead. God, that one day Kevin would be able to pass the baton to a person he might, it may be, as Kevin reminded me this past week that he was eight years old when we started this church. (laughs) It made me feel old, but it also reminded me the Lord one day Kevin may be passing the baton of someone over in our planet kids right now. God, let them realize the, just the potential in every person that he locks eyes with. Help them to remain hungry for the word of God. Help them to have a heart that says, I want to reach those who are unreachable. God, prepare him. Thank you for him. In the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Yes. Kevin. Yes. Now,
1: Kevin. Kevin has some words for us, so we make our way back, Kevin's going to kind of share for the first time is our new lead pastor, Kevin Robinson.
0: personally just want to um, tell Greg and Liz how grateful I am for your obedience and your faithfulness. Twelve years ago, I walked into a church. I walked into foothills broken. I was hurting. I was lonely. I was in need of a savior. And I walked in the foothills with open arms, found Jesus, found community. And I mean, I feel like like I'm just one story of so many and so many to come of the impact that your faithfulness and obedience to Jesus has been. And because of that, my life is filled with hope. I have Purpose, I have meaning, and I have an abundant life that I would have never had otherwise. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank
3: you. It's a good ugly cry today. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Almost it was just over 12 years ago that I walked into this church as well. And I might not have been ugly crying on the outside. (laughs) But on the inside, I was still trying to figure out who I was. And I had a great Christian home, great foundation with God. And and I had enough musical talent that, that this church took a risk on me and put me in a leadership position before I even knew what it really meant to follow Jesus. And this church, Pastor Greg, Liz, your commitment, your commitment to the Great Commission, to helping people find and follow Jesus, to not forgetting the lost, the broken The lonely, the hurting, the people stuck in addiction, the people that are complacent, the people that are longing for the only hope that they can find, which is in Jesus. It's the only place that they can find the fulfillment of the hope that their heart is looking for. You stayed committed to that, and you taught me what it meant to turn my life into a mission to help others find and follow Jesus. And so today is the culmination of that, and it's not about this role. It's about just continuing the Great Commission and whatever assignment God has for us. I get asked two questions all the time this year leading up to this. I've asked two questions all the time. Number one, what is happening to Pastor Grant? <laughs> I've gotten it too <laughs> He's not that old, y'all. He's not
0: going away. <laughs>
3: No, I am so grateful. I, I we we recorded a podcast that'll go out this week to give a little bit more detail to that. But I, I, I said one of the things I said in that was If God had ever called Katie and I to plant a church, the first person I would want on speed dial is Pastor Greg Orham. And not only do I have that, but I get to continue working with him. And he gets to continue to use his expertise in a new assignment. He's gonna continue preaching as a part of our teaching team. And so I'm so blessed that we get to continue running this race together into this next season. And yeah, yeah. The the second question I get, what's your vision for the church? What's your vision for the church? And I I want an opportunity to share that with you today. And I want to do something a little different and invite you to do this, even in our our Pendleton campus right now, if you're in Pendleton. I want to invite you to just close your eyes for a moment. Pendleton as well. Just close, close your eyes. And I want you to think for a moment about someone in your life that fits the category. Pastor Greg just talked about that one sheep that's lost, broken, Mm -hmm. hurting, lonely, stuck in addiction, that one person in your life. Maybe it's somebody you've been praying for for a long time. Maybe it's somebody that you've been hoping will find hope in Jesus for a long time. It might be a friend, it might be a family member, a coworker, a son or a daughter, a sibling, a parent. I want you to bring that one person to mind right now. What I want you to know is that the reason this church exists is for us to go after every single one of those people that are on your heart and on your mind right now. We exist still today and will continue to exist to help that person find and follow Jesus. And we'll do it for as many people as God trusts to bring into these doors. And we'll do it for as many years as God gives us breath in our lungs to go out and tell them the best news there is, that there's a savior who loves them that died for them. And so what I want to do today is I just want to pray for that person that's on your heart and mind. I want to invite you to pray with me for that person that is on your heart and mind. God, we love you and we are so grateful for Foothills Church. We are so grateful for the mission that you set this group of 17 out on. We thank you for the leadership of Pastor Greg and Liz to lead this movement. But God, we thank you We thank you that all they had to do was grab a playbook that you've written for our next generation as well. It's right here in your word. The mission is just our great commission, Lord, to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna continue to help people find and follow Jesus. But right now, what I pray for, I pray for the names that are on every single person's mind right now and on every single person's heart. Lord, these are names that are on your heart. And Jesus, we, we find in your scriptures that you are interceding on our behalf right now. So you are praying for these names as well. So we're just coming in agreement with you right now to pray, Jesus, would you use us to be a light that shows your love for that individual so that that son or daughter, that friend of ours Lord, that coworker, that they would just ask questions and we could point them to your truth. Lord, I pray if they're in this community that you would draw them to foothills. I pray if they're in another community that you would draw them to a church who's gonna preach Jesus. And we pray for salvation. We pray for revival in their hearts. If they once knew you and have run away, we pray that you would draw them to your hope and your love, and God, use us to play a part in that. Thank you for using us to play a part in that. And the second thing I wanna do, if you're here in the room, and you've not given your life to Jesus, today is not about Pastor Greg and Liz, it's not about me or Katie. This all exists because Jesus is crazy about you. He loved you enough to come here to earth to live the life you couldn't live and then take the punishment that you deserved. He died on the cross for you and God raised him from the dead and he offers you the free gift of salvation today. All of this is here today because Jesus is pursuing your heart and he's just waiting for you to surrender and say, I receive you, Jesus. And so if you wanna make Jesus your Lord today, you can pray a prayer simply with me right now, just like this. Jesus I'm done being in control of my life. I'm done trying to save myself. I recognize that I'm a sinner in need of a savior and I believe that you are the savior. Today, I ask you to save me from my sins and I commit to follow you to the best of my ability from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen.